0: To whom, God says, thy will be done. The one that think about God and want to please God. And the one that only please themselves. And God will say to them, what you want will happen to you. And we do not want things that are beneficial to us. For me, and from the scripture standpoint, I believe that there are three types of people. These are the three types of people that's demonstrated in John chapter 9. I want to encapsulate that by drawing you this little diagram so that you can see. Follow with me. The blind man was sitting there begging. Christ showed up in front of him. He could not see Christ. This is the state of all of us. We cannot identify the one that will save us. We can't. We are blind spiritually. We cannot see. So Jesus one day showed up in front of this man. He can't see Christ. He made an eye salve out of his spit and dust, made into mud, and put it onto the man's eye. And then he told him to go wash. Now, this is the part where it divides all of us up into three categories. First, there's a blind man, which is represented by this blue box. So blue, I would say that is a natural state. We are naturally going to hell. And if you do, don't do anything, guess where you're going to be? In hell where we are going there. If you don't change course, nothing happens and we end up there. From now on, we shall say that place is the place that we shall not name. So the blind man goes to that place where we shall not name. So there's a state where the blind man can remain blind or the blind man can start seeing. Now, Jesus came, put mud on his eyes, and then there are three decisions that this man will make. The first decision is this. He does nothing, represented by the gray box. When you see a gray box with rounded corners, it means terminate. That's the end. If you don't do anything, you stay. God puts mud on his eyes, and he did nothing. What happened to him? He remains with mud in his eyes. So that's a state where I call doubly blinded. So not only he's blinded, now he has mud in his eyes. What Jesus did for the man is absolutely made it worse if he did not follow through. This is the so-called Christian who had God encountered, but did not do anything and decides not to do anything, becomes completely unresponsive to God, ends up with mud in your eyes. Second person. Second person is the person who got mud in his eyes and Jesus says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he decides, you know what? I can wash in any pool I want, as long as just wash this mud off. A lot of people think this way. This is what the Bible says, but I got a better idea. We listen to what God says and then do what we think is right. He goes to the pool, whatever pool he chooses. Remember Haman? Haman, the leper who went to Elisha to get healed from his leprosy. And Elisha didn't even go out to meet him. And Elisha said, go into the Jordan River, wash yourself seven times, and then you'll be healed. And then he said, what? Are you kidding me? Jordan, it's filthy. Isn't there better lakes out there, cleaner lakes? And you want me to go where, Jordan? Jordan is filthy. And not only that, you didn't even come out and greet me. I am a general. You, didn't, you sit there, you send your servants out. I thought you would come out here. This is what the Bible says. I thought you're going to come out here and wave your hand and do some magic and say something. And then I get here. Ask me to go wash? What? I have better places I can go. And if he did not go to Jordan, wash himself seven times, what would happen to him? He stays a leper. He can go into this great clean pool, wash himself 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, and nothing would happen. It has to happen the way Elisha said to do. A little servant girl came and said, Master, if it was something that's difficult, would you do it? This is something very easy, why wouldn't you do it? So he listened to the little girl and he went into Jordan and he washed. And what happened? He got clean, not the first time, nor the sixth time. So, exactly. So the Bible, it tells you to do things different than what you think makes sense. But you have to do it exactly the way God said it. Not once, not twice, not six times, not eight times. No, it has to be exactly seven times. If he did it eight times, you know what would happen? I think this is what happened. The leprosy would come back. Because he disobeyed. It is about doing exactly what God has told you to do. It's very difficult for us to do that. So the second person listens to God and Jesus says, go to the pool of Siloam. He said, mention it. He didn't say go to any pool. He said go to the pool of Siloam and wash. But he decides, you know what? There's a water fountain right here. I just go there and rub it off and he's still blue just like when he was in the beginning. Nothing changed. Still goes to that place that we shall not name. Now there's the third man, which is the man is in this story. Jesus says, go to the Pool of Siloam and wash. What did he do? So trace your hand up there at the Pool of Siloam with the little, little edge there. You know, they just found it. They found where the Pool of Siloam is in uh, near Jerusalem. It's incredible. And one day, I think we all should go to Jerusalem and see all these places it's 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 astounding and then look at that smiley face that's the man who can see see the smiley face so now he can see and what happened to him is the story that I want to tell you today stage one we all will come to the stage where the work of Jesus Christ will be performed on us do we choose when the work of Christ performed on us We don't, we just like that blind man, we are lost sinners. If you are lost, you are lost. You cannot be unlost. If you are lost, you are lost. Someone needs to find you. That's why the Bible says we are lost sinners. If you are lost, you need to be found. Here's the discrepancies. We'll be people who will be found by God and there will be people whom God chooses not to find them. Are we okay with that? There's some of you sitting there saying, well, I'm not okay with that. That, that's, that means that God is not righteous. But are you okay with that? Because that's what the Bible says. If you're not, you're like this other blind man saying, you know what? This is what God says, but I have a better idea. God wants to save everyone. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible does say God's not willing that any kind of work will he do. You need to read the Bible and find out. So there will be people whom God will find like this blind man or... Like many, many, many blind people in the time of Jesus whom He did not open their eyes. Is that okay? Do you agree with that? It doesn't matter whether you agree with that. What matters is, will you do what God asks you to do? What would happen is that there will be some that disagree with the principle of God's word, but you don't disagree with God. Think about this. You don't agree with your parents, but they're still your parents. Those are the people who believe in God, but do not do exactly what he asked them to do. They are disobedient children. So there are those that Jesus will come like this blind man, he touched him. We don't know for whatever reason, and it was asked, and the answer was for the glory of God that this man was born blind, and you should except that for what God has said. Now, Jesus came and He said, I am the light of the world. And He demonstrated it by putting mud onto this blind man's eye. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Contrary to what you might think would happen when Jesus come and touch you. Jesus touched us, but nothing happened until you obey what he tells you to do afterwards. So Jesus mixed this mud, put it on the blind man's eye, and he now has mud in his eyes. That's, that's it, that's all that happened. Jesus might touch you, but nothing has happened to you yet until you choose to do what he asks you to do. And why are we blind in the first place? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse four, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them." What happens here is this. We are blinded because of what the devil did in the Garden of Eden. What happened in the Garden of Eden was that God has said, don't eat from that tree. The devil came along and said, it's okay, you can eat from that tree because Why would God create a tree that has fruit and not allow you to eat? Makes sense, right? A lot of things that make sense to human is wrong to God. What a concept. The very first thing that we think makes sense, and the devil knows what makes sense to you, and he will reason with you, and you say, of course. Why would God create a tree and then have fruit and then tell you not to eat it? Because what is important? Obedience. You got it we are here to obey God. It's not because there is a car out there, you can break into that car and drive away. It's not your car. It's not your tree. It's not your fruit. It's God. And if God says, don't, so now does it make sense? It makes sense. But when I introduce you the subject, it makes sense that there's fruit on the tree, you should pick it and eat it. But that tree does not belong to you. It belongs to God. And God said, don't eat it. Now, does that make sense? Everything makes sense. It's that we don't understand it yet. Everything God says in the Bible makes sense. The reason why it doesn't make sense to us, because we haven't studied and understood what it means to God. When you do, it makes sense. The issue here is that the devil in the beginning blinded what Eve's, not eyes, but mind, caused her to no longer accept what God has spoken So she ate the fruit, gave it to Adam, and that's where everything started. And therefore, we have been blinded by whom? Not Eve, by the snake, the devil. We have been blinded by not our eyes, but our minds. We become so blinded because we can't understand God. And we've been blinded by the devil so that we cannot see Christ. So Christ stand before this man and he... Can't see, has no idea who's standing in front of him, because he's blind. He had to undo what the devil did. By doing what? Made a new patch, new flesh. Dust was what man was created from. God took dust and formed man out of dust. Breathed into his nostril and he became a living soul. That's how we were created. Jesus, what did he do? He uncreated the work that the devil has done by mixing the clay with his own spit. It was God's spit. And that became the mud that patched the man's eyes, restored vision to him. And now he's still blind. Because why? Obedience. How was Adam broken off from God's grace? Disobey God. He was perfect. So the only way for this blind man to see again was to obey God. It's a simple equation. God recreate him, perfect human being, and told him, if you obey me, you will see again. just like the way that Adam was able to see. He recreate or uncreate man, and now he can see. Think about it. This blind man is now taking all the way back through creation and put back into the Garden of Eden. He faces the tree again, and their voices talking to him again, and he can make the same choice to disobey God. Nothing changed. This is stage one. The work of Jesus Christ can become of none effect to you because you are unwilling to do what God has asked you to do. Number one, the work of Christ, that is in Mark uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 13. Follow with me in, uh, in the outline. You can frustrate, Paul says, the grace of God by your indecision. So God does a miracle, there's something miraculous in you, but it's dormant. You know what the word dormant means? It's there, but it's not active. It hasn't been activated yet. It's like a gun with a safety lock on. The work of God remains dormant in you. The work of God is here. I believe that the work of God is in each one of us, but it's not activated. It hasn't been activated because we haven't obeyed God. So we can frustrate. You see, God wants to do something in your life. God's giving you the ability. God's giving you everything that you need. But you are frustrating that work because what? You're not doing what God's asking you to do. So that work that wants to come out, it frustrates you and your life will be this tension. You will walk around and have this tension and you will never be completely happy. There's always, if you are going against God, just like Paul. He was putting people away. He was persecuting people. And God comes and shows up and said, Paul, why are you keep kicking against a prick? You're just going to hurt yourself. You will frustrate yourself. Until you submit to God, you fall down and submit to God. Then the grace of God, the work of God can begin to manifest in you. Do we get that? You can frustrate the grace of God. Paul also says in Galatians chapter 4, it said, Christ become none effect to us. Don't believe for a minute that when you accept Christ, that the work of Jesus Christ will manifest in you. No, it won't. It will not manifest in you until you begin to honor Christ and do what he asks you to do. If you are not doing anything for your faith right now, Jesus Christ become no effect to you. That's why you're not growing in Christ. That's why you're not becoming more like Christ. The grace of God is frustrated in you. The work of Christ become no effect in you. And you get mud on your eyes. That's all you have. This is where a lot of Christians are. We become one of three categories. Whether we got mud on our eyes, We are worse off than we were before we met Christ. There are so many people who are worse off. You have seen a lot of them. They come to Christ. They even say the sinner's prayer. They were baptized. Their lives today is so much worse than it was before they accept Christ. They got mud on their eyes. They are seeing life through the film of mud. It's no fun at all. Their lives become so, so much more complicated. If God had touched you, And I believe God touched each one of you here. If you do not respond, you don't do anything, you don't even want to find out what that voice is, you know, the one that did not do anything is the one that God says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he, what, what? I can't hear you. And the disciple says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Where? What pool? What's a pool? He's blind all his life. The only thing he probably knew is the sound of money in the can. He's the beggar. That's all he knew. So how would he come to know where to go and how to do it? He needs to learn. A lot of us becoming Christian and we think we instantly know everything wrong. We don't. You have to learn. If you don't learn after Christ has touched you, you become like this man and up with mud on your eyes. Imagine walking around with mud on your eyes and beg. Maybe you get more money, but it's an embarrassment. It's embarrassment to the work of Jesus Christ. It's embarrassment to everything around you. The second type of person who Christ touched them and they felt, you know what, this is such a great work that's been done. There's such zeal. Remember the man whose name was Simon. He was baptized, he was so on fire, he went with the disciples, and he saw all of these miraculous things happen. And then he saw the disciple lay hand on some new converts, and then the Holy Spirit come upon them. I got an idea. This is great. I want to buy this. I want to buy this power, because it makes sense to me. And then Peter said, what? Your money perish with you, because you think you can take money and buy what God has given God's way, God's will, God's desire is His way, His will, His desire. We need not only to learn, but we need also to obey. We obey even though we don't understand yet. And that is called faith. Yes, that is faith. That is what faith is. Faith is your obedience to God even though you don't know how it's going to turn out or how it works that is what faith is faith is god says step and then you look there and you go what is there to step it's like this big deep chasm and an abyss but you go okay i will step because that's what god said that's faith that is obedience faith cannot be there without obedience you have to obey and that's what faith is what happens to the man who thinks that he has a better idea than god he goes washed in a different pool and 10 years later he's exactly in the same position as he was before still blind nothing changed third man Jesus touched him mud on his eyes and Jesus says go to the pool of Siloam in humility he asked around said lead me please somebody take me to the pool of Siloam they asked why because I believe in the one that just touched me. I don't know, I haven't seen him, I don't know yet, but I believe, I, I sense there is something in him that I can trust, I can believe. Take me to the poor salon. And they took him to the poor salon, just like how you are led by the church or by the people who, who are of God. They take you there, you wash, and then what <laughs> happened to you? You can see, but that's only the beginning of the story. You're ability to see only allows you to now enter into the school of Christ. For you to enter into a school of Christ before, you couldn't because you can't see. But now that you can see, now that you have shown yourself to be one who is obedient, then you can enter into the school of Christ. We'll talk about phase two of your education. Let's stand, let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, that your gospel is being revealed to us in ways that Lord, our minds are mortal, understanding cannot comprehend. I pray that as we travel through the life of this blind man, that you would become real, you would become visible, and that we would learn, not just intellectually, but in the deepest part of our being every fiber that makes us up as people who have been touched by you will call out to you Lord not my will but your will be done even though I don't understand it now I don't know why I need to do all the things that you have asked me to do but Lord give me the humility give me the sincerity that I will bow down and say Lord I will do it, I will obey and I know in obedience I will be able to not only see but to understand the glory of God. So we thank you Lord for what you have begun to do in this body. All of these minds and these souls are so precious to you and I ask Lord let none of us become one that would not obey you and stand still after you have touched us unable to move unable to respond in a way that would benefit to us help us to become more than those who say I have a better idea my reasoning is better than the Bible help us to overcome these pride and help us to humble ourselves, like the man in the story, who went straight to the poor Siloam and say, "That's what the Lord has said, told me to do, and that's what I'm going to do." And in that obedience, Lord, His eyes, our eyes, our lives, our minds would be opened. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.